0: Welcome to the Relational Recovery Podcast. I'm your host, Wes Thompson, joined by my co-host, Austin Hill. Today, we are in part two of Austin's interview. Hope you enjoy. Yeah, so major shift in my life. Uh, This guy, this man in my life that was the reason why we went to church, leading spiritually. And so, there was a lot of uh, anger and confusion on my part and those deep questions of, is Jesus real? Am I ever going to see my dad again? Why, like, why would this person die? Mm-hmm. Why would God take this person from me? So, I got to ask myself the questions of, am I really going to see my dad again? Mm-hmm. And that being the emphasis and focus of like, am, is my mom ever going to see her see him again yeah like do i think it's real and there was a a time of in my life in that time where i was just like i don't know i really don't know if it's real and what really kind of how jesus brought me back into that out of that was realizing that let's say heaven isn't real the type of life that my mom and dad that my dad led that was focused on Christ made the world around him or the life of his kids, the life of his wife better because he loved Jesus. Mm. So that in and of itself said like there has, there's something about Jesus that's different, which uh, for me in that crisis of faith where is it real? Is it real or not? It's the same time I'm going down to Columbus seeing a whole bunch of homeless people. I grew up in rural Ohio. So, not seeing homelessness or poverty in any real sense, but seeing it very concentrated in, in an area, it may, made me think like, well, if, the Jesus, if this Jesus guy is real, who did he hang out with? He hung out with people who were living in homeless shelters, people who, uh, prostitutes, people who were the edges of acceptable company. And so, I was like, I'm just going to hang out with them mm. and see what it, see if this is real. This was, this was literally testing to see if Jesus was real or not. And you're like 24 this time? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So... Um, if you can't, because you can, you can only hear me, you can't see me. I am a very, uh, average white guy. So me showing up as a white millennial hipster to the city, trying to talk to homeless guys, none of them talked to me. Uh, I did realize that they all had lighters and they always asked me for cigarettes. So I made homeless friends by always having cigarettes and not smoking. I don't, (laughs) don't encourage that now, but that's how I made friends it was like, oh, the white dude with cigarettes. So <laughs> I became friends with people who were homeless. Um, and it wasn't just like, oh, I'm going to fix them. It was like, oh, they became my friends. Because yeah. I saw them two or three times a week. Yeah. Every week. Um, that's how I met and got involved at this rescue mission on the south side. Um, started working there. Um, just volunteering, showing up because they had all this work to do. Um, they couldn't pay me. So I was like, oh, I'll just volunteer. And within I did that for three years, fell in love. Oh no, I, I volunteered only for a year. Fell in love with the the neighborhood and the work that was going on down there. Um, in that process, Chelsea and I are asking questions of like what is what about our faith is different in making us different from those around us? Not just so we could be different, but like what impact is it having on our kids' lives? Mm-hmm. Um, what what would what example are we living out not just saying but living out for our kids that they can see that something is different about my parents the way that i saw that my par- my dad was living differently than my mom still lives mm-hmm. and that was what kind of drove us to sell our funnel cake stand um move down to the south side the inner city of columbus uh with our at that time th- now three daughters from rural ohio to the south side of columbus to then work at a rescue mission um that's how um it's because I fell in love with the hard parts of the city because that's where suffering is most visible. It's not there isn't just suffering in hard parts of of cities. It's everywhere but it's just very visible. Yeah. And because suffering is visible that means grace is more visible because grace is only needed when something is wrong. Mm. And so seeing and experiencing uh Jesus's grace in people's lives like getting to know people who were living outside, getting to know the, the women that worked Parsons Avenue, just because of the uh, work that was happening at the rescue mission. We did, there was free lunch, dental clinic, vision clinic. There was workforce development, like programming there. Um, there was a lot of volunteer opportunities. So bring a lot of people from churches who, who cared deeply about the suffering would come in and then it was my job to keep them busy mm-hmm. um, and that they were doing something productive and not hurting things. So, remind me, what year was it when you, when you moved to the South Side? 2014. <clears throat> okay, it's 2014. And you'd been working how long yeah, for the mission been. on the South Side? It was 2013-2014. I had started volunteering in 2010. Okay. So, so several years before you yeah. actually moved into the city. Right. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, my dad died in 2009. I started volunteering in 2010. We moved in It 2013-2014. Somewhere in there. Okay. So worked there. Uh, I is wor- that when you started going to Veritas? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So Veritas is what um, say like it. How it it really welcomed us in and got us into uh, the city. And there was other Christians, followers of Jesus, who believed in the same things we did. Because Chelsea and I were were already identifying that like this following Jesus thing is making us feel different or uncomfortable in the light and easy life we were leading outside of the city. Uh Um, That doesn't mean that like to lead a life following Christ, you have to live in the city. It's just, we—that that is, I guess how I'm articulating what the Holy Spirit was convicting both of us towards was making us uncomfortable where we were. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's kind of, that's what Jesus does. He makes those who are comfortable, uncomfortable, and he comforts those who need it. Mm -hmm. That's the cool thing about him and how I've experienced uh, him in my life is giving me comfort where I need it. And then making driving me towards things when I am too comfortable or just kind of like lazy or that's not my, maybe not the right word, but it's Jesus is constantly, I experience him often pushing me towards pain. Um, so that's going to Veritas is how I met you. Um, at a, I think the first time we met each other was at like a church conference down in Louisville. How was it? I think that so. was the first time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it was me, Garrison Green, went and at Sojourn. Me, yeah, the Sojourn Network. Okay. Um. So met you. Um. You and I both kind of moved into the city at the same time. We both had fam young families at the time, figuring out like how do we go into neighborhoods and not where you know exactly what's going on but just kind of checking each other mm-hmm. to make sure like we're not these like saviors but we're just joining in with what Jesus is already doing Had I church planted at, the, at that time or was uh, I... they were you were in the process okay it was I think it was just refuge church at that time okay yeah yeah so did that and then uh, we would get together probably every two three months mm-hmm. just to hang out and in December of 2018 I told you I was like hey I'm looking for a new job 2018, I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah, it was 2018 because tw- January of 2019, yeah, is when um, I started working at the Refuge. So it was November, December of 2018 when when I was like, man, I need a different job. If you know of anything, let me know. And you were like, oh, you want to work at the Refuge? And I was like, I have no experience in addiction <laughs> recovery at all. And you're like, that's fine. I thought it was 2016 or no, 2017 that you started working at the Refuge. Man, my years are off. Is it? Yeah. It's 12, Holy 17. cow, it is 17. Yeah. Whoa. There's just a couple years off. You've Man. been here a little bit longer. Yeah. Is it five years? Sorry to tell your story for you. No, but- that's all right. No, this is why it's good to tell your story to someone else, because <laughs> you can figure out where you're off in your math. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. You blanked on two years, though. I did. It's been a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Um, Thanks for listening to this episode of the Relational Recovery Podcast. We will continue with Austin's interview tomorrow. We'll see you then.